Do Good Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to the Do Good Charlotte podcast on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we're going to meet the program and finance director of Circle de Luz and Anija. Their mission is to radically empower young Latinas by supporting their transformation through extensive mentoring, holistic programming, and scholarship funds for further education. And we're going to inspire you to do good, Charlotte, by the various ways you can get involved with Circle de Luz. Karina Vogel, welcome to Do Good Charlotte. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's yes, a pleasure. And, and I should say welcome to Audrey as well. <laughs> Thank you. So um, I was reading some statistics on your website, and there it says Latinos have the highest dropout rate. Only 13% of Latinos have a college degree. 51% of Latinas get pregnant by age of 20. And your mission is to change this. Yes. So how does Circle de Luz do that? Oh, great question. So there are, um, I think we should start by saying how Circle de Luz was inspired and yeah. formed. Um, Rosie Molinari, our founder, uh, found Circle de Luz in 2007. So she was writing a book. The book was called uh, Hijas Americanas, Beauty, Body, Image, and uh, Growing Latina. So she interviewed dozens of high school Latina girls throughout the country. And those interviews, because of the research of her book, she realized that there was so many challenges that these girls were faced, f- facing daily. Their dreams, their hopes sometimes got tampered by the lack of resources that they had. And in that um, timeline that where she was doing this book, she also came across with those statistics that nearly 53% of girls you know, get pregnant before the age of 20. The high school dropout on Latina girls were so high. And that 13% of, as you mentioned, of Latina girls come to uh, do some type of post-secondary education program. So she basically said there has to do, there has to be a change. We have to do something about it. And because she was having that voice in her head saying, we have to do something, she said, it's me who has to start this, right? So in 2008, she and actually some other um, founders that are currently in our board form Circle Luz, whose mission you, you mentioned. How we do that is we basically, in a nutshell, and we can go uh, a little bit more in detail later, but in a nutshell, what we do is we recruit a class of seven graders every year, six to eight girls, and we walk with them for six years. We have them, uh, we guide them in this journey. We assign to them four beautiful women that become not only mijas, but become the mentors of these girls, that take them to all these well-developed programs that we have for the girls for uh, those six years that are they are with us. And our goal is for them to just believe that they have a future of their own choosing, that they can do something different than maybe, you know, circumstances in life are telling them that they can't, or a school don't offer the resources that they could have, or their families don't know about it. So we address all of that by six years of extensive mentoring and holistic programming. And if you, you know, which our goal is for them to believe in themselves, to become resilient, to be determined to, uh, um, you know, 
fulfill their dreams, we give them a minimum of $5,000 scholarship to go ahead and pursue any type of post-secondary education program. After that six years of working with you guys, then they have that sort of scholarship to go on to the future without yes. you. Um, and you've given them all the tools to do that. Yes. So to, to be clear, what you said, you talked about a little bit, there's mijas, mm-hmm. which are the mentors, mm-hmm. and the hijas, which mm-hmm. are the mentees. And we have an hija right here, and I'm so excited, Audrey. So yes. talk to me. You're almost done your journey, right? You're about Mm -hmm. to graduate and everything. So you are an expert in what (laughs) they do. So tell me how you found out in seventh grade that you were an hija. Well, in seventh grade, they basically called us uh, our names on on the speaker. And all of us, we didn't know each other. I probably knew about two of the girls, but that was about it. So we all thought we were in trouble. We didn't know (laughs) how we had a correlation to each other. We don't know what we did. All I was saying was I didn't do it. <laughs> and then we walked into this room and there were our class captains. And they started explaining Circle de Luz to us and they gave us these papers to fill out and they were really excited. So we were kind of like, oh, cool, you know, okay. Like we were, we didn't think much of it at the time, but after all the years we've become super close and it's like a second family basically. So to be clear, you did nothing wrong. No, <laughs> no. Um, and I guess the people, the thing that you had in common is that you were all Latina. Yeah, and we didn't, like, we didn't even connect it. You know, we didn't connect that thing whenever we first saw each other. We just looked at each other like, why are we here? You know, like, I was looking at them like, what did you, did you guys say something about me? <laughs> like, I was, I was pretty angry because I thought I was in trouble. But no, it turned out to be something great. It is one of our favorite meetings, though, I got to tell you. The surprise. The seventh grade, when we call them, and we usually take our four volunteers, introduce themselves, and the girls look at you like, what is this? What? A scholarship? And, you know, it's, it's, and I want to add to that, it's a beautiful moment to see these girls that don't know anything about us or Circle de Luz, but at the same time, it's pretty sad because we give a survey to these girls and we in those one of those questions we ask them what do you want for your future well, I mean what are your plans after you leave high school and a lot of them I'm not saying uh, Audrey's class but uh, you know among the 40 um, 50 something girls that have come across a program you know you hear saying that I just want to graduate high school and be a mom or and which is nothing wrong with it, but maybe you know we want to show you that there is other possibilities, there is other opportunities. Open the doors for you to just know that there is a different future if you choose to to have that one. So it's a beautiful meeting. I mean, it's beautiful to see the girls, their face when they know and, and that there are people believing in them, but at the same time, how sad the rea- reality is of them not knowing that there is a completely different path that they can take. Yeah. So I was going to ask about that because your mom or your dad, what was their reaction when they found out about this program? Because I'm guessing they didn't know about it either. Well, I actually live with my grandma and my uncle. So whenever I introduced it to them, they were like, oh, wow, like this is pretty interesting. And, you know, they they try their best to kind of conform to American standards. So it was it was pretty interesting for all of us. It was a little bit of a shock because. I don't know. It was just really weird to see out of everybody in that school, I was one of the people that they chose, you know? (laughs) So it was pretty cool. And my family was pretty supportive of it too. 
Um, there is a little back and forth with it, like, oh, but is it really going to happen? You know, are they being serious or is it just like you have to pay for something, you know? But that was kind of their reaction. So they were kind of iffy about it at first. No, I think trust is a huge issue for yeah. all relationships. And so when you're establishing that relationship off from the beginning, um, it's natural for people to be distrustful because yeah. they're thinking, what are they going to get out of this? Especially with Hispanics, because a lot of people know that, oh, English isn't their first language. We could take advantage of them type thing. You know, like a lot of Hispanics, I know that they have encountered stuff like that where people want to take advantage of them just because their native language isn't English. Mm-hmm. Right. So there, there are these women that are coming, and are all of them, are all the, the mentors in this situation in your class or your captains, are they all Hispanic as well? No. I actually have one yeah. that is... It's, a, no, it's not a yeah. requirement. So for yes. the mentors, it's not a requirement for you to have uh, a Latino background or any sort, no. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the girls, you know, we have as a policy, even though English might be like mine, <laughs> your second language... Uh, you are to speak English just because, you know, it's good for you and you are in this country. So we foment that uh, among the whole class. So being a class captain, that's what we call them, the mentors, class captains, um, which are advocating for a change of word for madrinas, maybe. Madrina, <laughs> so I like much that. Better. I like madrina. <laughs> but so, but yeah, there is not a requirement for that. So for her class, um, n- only one of them is Hispanic. And, you know, we have these, these mentors coming from different ages and backgrounds. Uh, we have from a youngest, you know, late 20s girl to an oldest uh, class captain that I have is in the mid-60s. So it's a variety. Yeah. And all different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. So like I was saying before, trust has to be built yeah, and earned, for sure. right? Yeah. So how did they do that with you and your family? Um, they invited my family to a lot of different events. I remember at the, um, what was the ceremony called when they gave us the necklaces? Uh, the induction ceremony. Yeah, yeah, whenever we had the induction ceremony, all of the families were invited. That gave all the families a chance to meet all of the mentors and the the um you know the supporters and also the other families so it was it was a pretty good time we they've given us a lot of chances to bring our families and just get to talk to them about more about what we're doing so some of the activities you see presenters right and Mm -hmm. they give you different ideas talk about some of the things that you've seen or done in the activities yeah um I don't know. It's just so many different <laughs> ones. Like, I remember this one, we did pottery, and it was really fun. Like, we got to see this new woman. She basically helped us create something new, and she was just explaining to us about that and kind of her life story. And there's this other time, I remember we were painting, and there's a photography class. Oh, it's just a lot of stuff that we, without this program, we wouldn't do that stuff. You know, like our families, they'll look at it. They'll be like, okay, cool. We're not doing that though. You know, like it's just very out of their comfort zone. So whenever we get to experience it, we're like, wow, like this is what it's like to actually do something else besides sit at home or go to work or just do be in the streets, you know? Because that's where a lot of us from, like most of the schools in Charlotte that the Mijas are coming from, we don't get as much funding as other schools do. So the extracurricular activities from school, we're not interested in them because 
why would we want to go to them if they're not even actually funded, you know? So we kind of just stay at home or we'll go outside or they'll get a job. So so you're exposed yeah. to things that you would never be exposed to Basically, if you weren't an, yeah. an hija. Yeah. Um, and that's intentional, right? Yeah. Oh, very intentional. Right. <laughs> I remember when they gave us a kind of like a sex ed type program, and it really helped a lot. They talked about birth control and more things about the women's bodies that they don't teach us in school. And it was really helpful for us to see um, how everything works and get to learn more about ourselves. That And also we got to ask questions that we couldn't even ask our parents because it's a little embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially with hi- old school Hispanic families, you can't really talk about sexual education with them because <laughs> they're like, why do you want to know? What are you like? What are you trying to do? And it's like, no, it's, it's information. I, know. I just want information. Yes, I just just want to know. I'm not doing anything. But that's I, I don't think that's an accident. Obviously, because of the age that they're at, you know, you're starting out at, at 12 years old, yes. and through this process, I mean, many of them are going to go from preteens to full-on women. Yes, in that six years. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense to me. I mean, I wasn't aware of that program, but that, that yeah. you guys are going to be talking about that stuff, and yes. and it is comfortable mm-hmm. or a little bit more comfortable yeah. to talk about that with a woman that wants to see you be successful. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. she's going to give you that information. Yes. So um, to add to Audrey, and when you, when you said, was it this intentional? It's very intentional. <laughs> uh, a little bit back of the background, how we designed the programs. Because as you said, you know, if it was for the girls, we'll probably eat ice cream every weekend. And, you know, it's just <laughs> like not too much. But we actually have a, um, every year around this time, we're actually designing the program for next year. We have currently right now six classes, so a total of 39 girls um, that are from seventh grade all the way to 12th grade. And we follow a 12-category developmental model. So within that category developmental model, we cover basically three core themes, which is a college awareness and career readiness, uh, life skills and development, um, and then we also cover community engagement and awareness. So we offer programs, you name it, from let's just go to the Mint Museum to uh, go to the Whitewater Center to do the High Ropes and UNC Charlotte to um, do programs like Teen Health Workshop, we call it, which mixes, you know, sex education with also the mental health part of it. You know, depending on which age you are in. If you are in middle school, maybe you need more, you know, um, a workshop about you know, social media, cyberbullying, middle school essentials, how to get ready for high school. When you are like a junior or senior, you would need more workshops about how to become a better person yourself, how to manage separation, you know, anxiety, stress, how to, uh, we actually have an amazing program that starts at 10th grade, which is 10, 11, and 12, which is called Adelante, Career and College Pathways. We outsource that program. We look for funding and we outsource, outsource that program so to somebody that has the knowledge on um, the path that you can take based on your skills and what you desire to be after high school, they guide you for three years and they tell, you know, we prepare the girls for the SATs, we ask, you know, prepare them with um, how to do essays, 
college applications. We do college tours. I mean, it's a variety of programs. We offer nearly 80 programs every year across our classes. So there is a lot of um, diversity in the portfolio that we offer to the girls. And the mission is that, is just expose them to things that they haven't or they couldn't have uh, done it without Circle de Luz and um, just you know, prepare them for life and build their self-confidence, build their resilience, and just make sure that they know that they have a path to follow. Yeah. So where are you in your journey now? You're close, right, uh, to graduating? Yeah, I'm pretty close to graduation. It's about, what, two, three weeks, two weeks away, mm -hmm. I think. It's two weeks away, yeah. and I'm pretty excited. <laughs> and I really am grateful for all the help that Circle de Luz has done because, honestly, without them, I wouldn't know how to apply to college because my family at home, my grandmother, she, when she came to America, like in El Salvador, they have uh, schooling. They do have colleges, but the year that she finished in, it didn't count as a degree here in America. So technically she doesn't have a college degree. And my uncle just recently finished college and he moved um, out of the city to his new job. So I was kind of here by myself, like, I don't know how to apply. I don't know how to even apply for scholarships or anything. But Circle de Luz, uh, with that College 101 program, they've helped me a lot, and I'm basically almost there. So, yeah. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah. So where, So are you, do you, are you in a school yet? Do you know where you're going next yes, year? Yes, I am going to CPCC because my scholarship money from Circle de Luz will be covering most of the schooling. And then from there, I'm planning on transferring to either UNCC or UNCG. And do you know what you want to study? Yes. I will either major in chemistry or computer science, and I will minor in business. And when you were 12 years old, did you even think about these subjects, let alone that you would have a future in it? Um, when I was younger, I was all over the place, honestly. At first, I wanted to be a vet. Then I wanted to be a teacher. Then I wanted to be a chemical engineer. Then, I don't even know. I don't know. I'm just everywhere. But definitely math and science are my favorite things. They're my favorite subjects because English and social studies are not for me. <laughs> They're not. But that's awesome that you knew even back then what you liked. Yeah. And now you have figured out a way with all the help of all these amazing women yeah. how to channel that. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk more about Circle de Luz. I'm so excited that you guys are here. After the break, we'll talk more about what Circle de Luz is doing and how you can get involved. You're listening to Do Good Charlotte. How many servings of fruits and vegetables should you be eating? This is a 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina. The magic number is five. Three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruits have been connected to lower risk of certain cancers, stroke, and heart disease. Fruits and vegetables are a great source of essential vitamins and minerals in addition to plenty of fiber to maintain a healthy gut and reduce the risk of colon cancer. And they're high in vitamin C and potassium. If five servings seems like a lot, consider starting your daily vegetables with your first meal of the day. Snack on fruits and vegetables instead of whatever your current go-to snacks are. Use vegetables as the main ingredients in other dishes like baked goods and chili, and whenever you can, get fresh vegetables, especially in 
during the summer when they are in season. This has been your 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina, official team physicians of the Carolina Panthers and proud sponsor of the Queen City Podcast Network. For more tips or to make an appointment, visit orthocarolina.com. So, Karina, I wanted to ask you, how do you relate to these hijas? Oh, I uh, was one of them. You know, I grew up in uh, Lima, Peru, and moved to this country when I was 21. They're of the thick accent that I can get rid of. But um, I once had a dream that these girls had. I wanted to have an education. And at the time that I, I mean, I, granted, I was living in a different time a thousand years ago, you know, different world. Uh, the access to education for women in Peru was very difficult. So my destiny was basically to finish high school and start working because I needed to support my family financially. But I always had that dream that I wanted to go to college. I wanted to have, a, a, you know, a, a career in the corporate world. So circumstances brought me to this country when I was 21 and I pursue that dream. In, it was a different time, a different world. I was able to work full time and I was able to go to school at night. So like Audrey did, I went to CPCC and then I transferred to UNC Charlotte and it took me eight years, but I was able to get my degree. And once I had it, I mean, the opportunities in my professional life just opened. It was wild open. And I what, you know, reached a point in my life where I was so accomplished of my determination to have an education and I wanted to inspire other people by just, not that I feel myself, you know, inspiring, but just telling that if you have a dream and you have the guts to pursue it, you will be able to accomplish it. So that's how I relate to Circle the Loose. Well, I'm inspired just sitting here across the <laughs> table from you. So yes, you are inspiring. And how did you get involved with Circle de Luz? Mm -hmm. I know you're not the founder, but you, mm -hmm. you're you the program director. So mm -hmm. you're the, the staff person who's making yep. all this happen. Mm -hmm. So after, I think it was, you know, when I turned 40, and I don't know if it was part of my middle life crisis, <laughs> but I told my husband, I always had the passion to help people. And I knew that all the skills that I had, especially in project management, uh, I wanted to dive into an, orga an organization that I really believe in. So I basically said to him, well, I am leaving this job. My, you know, a job that I had, it was very secure and well-paid. And I said, I'm going to a nonprofit. And he was very supportive. It was amazing. So I really, I stumbled through, it was, it was meant to be because I stumbled through Circle de Luz, like all the school. I saw a posting for a program manager job that they were, they were recruiting someone. Um, and then I apply and I had this rigorous interview, you know, it's like very intimidating with like all the board members, the 12 people interview me a whole day. It's like the hardest in job interview I had in my entire career. And, um, and they, you know, I had zero nonprofit experience back then and I knew it was going to be hard for me, for them to just hand over the, you know, the organization and, uh, but I convinced them <laughs> and then they were really pleased with, my honesty, I know that, uh, you know, I knew my skills were to make things happen. I am very well organized. And I said to them, look, you have a dream. I will be able to make it happen. So it's been three years since then. And I love it. I have learned so much. I still have a lot more to learn, but it just feels so rewarding. It's exactly what I was looking for. That feeling of going to work and putting all your minimum skills into something that big, which is, you know, the changing of lives of these girls. Yeah. And, and because the group when they originally started were just volunteers yes and so you're the one who 
got them into shape and 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 had sort of put it. There was another program manager prior to me, one of our actually of the board members. When so Circle de Luz decided, they decided to grow and they decided to you know um, do more stuff. They applied for the C twenty uh, grant and they got a grant for like three years to basically get a program manager instead. So uh, back then, so this program manager needed to move, uh, go back to school. So they started, you know, to looking for another one. And now we have a second person in the staff. So it's me, who is uh, the uh, finance director, and then it's our communications manager, Lorena, who also, the both of us are basically doing the, the work and running the organization, yeah. Right, so making sure all these good intentions of the volunteers actually yes. happens. Yes. Because that's key for yes. things to be successful. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about if I'm an outsider, which I am, and I'm interested in getting involved mm-hmm. in the organization, what are some of the paths that can be taken? Yes. So there is there is a lot. So let's go by timeline. Right now, um, I mentioned to you guys that there is this scholarship part, right, that goes into our uh, the, the scholarship uh, funds for the girls. We are about to run a big campaign. Uh, we call it the Miha Recruitment Campaign because we want to select a new class this fall. Uh, we are partnering with Eastway Middle School as well this year, and we want to recruit eight girls from there. We need to fund basically fifty thousand dollars to um, to get you know the eight girls that we want. So, volunt- the mijas, if you want to support Circle Loose financially, you can only you, you can either choose the way that you you want to participate. You can participate at a minimum of a hundred dollars per year for six years, and that six hundred dollars will go exclusively to the scholarship of the girls. Or you can even go give more. And also, if you want to participate as a mija, not only financially, but you want to get to know the girls, then, you know, you can put in your application, I want to be a class captain, which I will uh, discuss a little bit more about that in a minute. Or I want to just chaperone sometimes. Or no, I just want to attend to certain um, celebrations of Circular Luz has. Or I want to host a fundraiser, you know, event for you. So there are choices within the application of uh, when you fill out your application as a mija that will let us know what are your interests in, in, in the organization. So we will contact you with that. So the first thing that we are running is the mija recruitment campaign. That we, that we run a big um, social media campaign with that, with, you know, in, during that timeline. Then the other one is every year we select these four wonderful women as class captains, and, you know, aka madrinas. Madrinas. <laughs> we um, we are need, We already filled uh, the position of three of them this year. We still have one more vacant. These are to me the backbone of the organization. They are the ones that are going to take the girls to the programs. They are going to do the programs with them. They create this bonding. They are like the mentors for these girls for the six years that they're going to be with them. So um, if you want to have that fulfilling, uh, you know, opportunity, being a class captain, um, it's a very committed volunteer position. Six years, most of our applicants say, well, I don't know what I'm going to be in two years. <laughs> and I'm right. like, you know, it's fine. We have seen everything happen in six years. You know, the only time that we have lost a class captain, it's when they have moved out of town. But I have, we have seen girls that just got married, got pregnant, have got uh, not pregnant, and go well, pregnant again. So they're growing up with exactly. Them. Yeah. So uh, it's part of life. We are very flexible on the uh, on the ways that we want our volunteers to spend their time with us. So we understand that as life changes. Audrey, with the class captains or madrinas. Is there one that you're extra close to or are you close with all of them or how does it work with them? Um, I'd say we're close to all of them just in different ways. So one of them, we see her as like an aunt, like, you know, that really fun one where it's like, oh, my gosh, hey, 
And, you know, she's really nice, but sometimes she could be mean. But it's <laughs> I mean, whenever she has she, to be. Right. She's you know? disciplining you. Yes. yes. And then there's another one. She's more like our mom where we're kind of scared to tell her certain things. But we know we have to because if she finds out herself, it's going to be bad. So we just tell her. And, you know, but in the end, she still loves us. They all of love course. us. And it's. You know, like, it's all love for all of them. It's just in different ways. So, like I said, it's like a big family. Like, we've really grown really close to each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then your class yourselves are also very close, too. Yes, yeah. Yeah, are they, like, your best friends now? Uh, One of them, yeah, she actually is. She's my best friend. And, oh, my gosh, I love her so much. (laughs) And then the rest of them is just like, oh, my gosh, if, like, I would die for them. No. I would die for them. Oh, nice. (laughs) How proud are you of them too that they're they're focusing on their dreams and they're I'm accomplishing them? I'm very proud. One of them has already graduated because she had early graduation. Um, really happy for her. Uh, another one, she's thinking about joining uh, the military. She's still kind of iffy about it, but either way, we're going to support her. Another one, she wants to have her own kind of designing business and like she loves she loves everything about the beauty industry and I do too so you know I'm gonna be like yeah girl go ahead do it (laughs) and then my best friend she she was thinking about becoming a school teacher and even then I was like you know if you feel like you can handle little kids I say go for it girl I will help you as long as I don't have to see the kids I got you (laughs) Well, that's that's amazing to hear the, to hear the rewards. Mm-hmm. I would think yes for a, a class captain yes. to to see um, six years is a long like it a long term commitment. It is a long term commitment, but so it's so rewarding. It's probably one of the most rewarding volunteer positions that we have. You didn't have any experience in nonprofits when you started this. What has surprised you along the way? Wow, um, about yourself, and then also. From the girls. <laughs> About myself, I think, um, you know, resilience. Um, there are times where you, you go to work for a nonprofit, not to just, um, you, you know that you're going to face a lot of challenges. Um, and I think it, um, I have learned to keep fighting, keep being more determined, um, you know, just never give up. So I think that has surprised me about myself. But more than about myself, I think the most that it has surprised me about the nonprofit world and the people that I work with, I would say is the unconditional love. You know, it's amazing to see from not only the class captains because they build that bond with these girls, but from like the hardworking board members that, you know, you see them behind the scene doing the fundraising events or getting, you know, funding or doing all this stuff from the staff members later on, Lorena and myself, who just want to do everything possible to provide, you know, a better future for these girls from the mijas that do not even know these girls, right? And they just say, well, I, you know, I bet in their future. I'm betting, you know, how much, whatever it is that I can give because I know they have a future there and I want them to have access to education. So that unconditional love, it just doesn't stop astonishing me every day. And it makes my job even more gratifying every day. So, yeah, that will be like the biggest surprise that I had since I started working here. The symbol Circle de Luz is, is a moon, mm-hmm. um, and Luz is light for people who don't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you were saying in the induction ceremony that you, do you get a necklace that's a... Yeah, so each class gets their own custom-made necklaces. Mm -hmm. So ours were different from the class after us, and theirs were different from the class after them. I have my necklace. The chain has broken, but mm -hmm. I do keep it at home. Ours... It's just the circle, and then it has a little dangling star. It's really cute. We used to wear them all the time, but, you know, we were pretty irresponsible. So we either <laughs> broke it or somebody lost it, and then it was just this whole thing. But, yeah, every class gets their own special made necklace. Each class. And I noticed on your website you have a shop. Mm -hmm. So people can also buy necklaces some of the necklaces yes. or mm -hmm. they can get t-shirts and then there's all these other things too so there's lots of ways to help with your organization if people are just curious they should definitely check out your website yes definitely we do so some of the uh, items that you see on the website are um, items that we don't sell at our holiday pop-up shop which usually occurs in December that's kind of like our annual fundraising event um, celebrating the summer I mean the summer the Christmas and come over and shop you know we receive lots of donations from uh, retailers restaurants you name it, hotels. So we sell it there and all the proceeds go to the programming for the girls. And any leftovers, we put it on the website for you to, to purchase. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was some sports stuff too, which I thought was interesting too. Yeah. So, so your next event, so you, you have, you do something in December. Do you have any other events that are coming up? I know you're in this recruiting for Mijas mm -hmm. right now. So what's, yes. what's the best way to find out about your events and how can people participate? Yes, so we definitely um, encourage everybody to visit us on social media. We are at Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Lorena, who is amazing and putting everything together when it comes to um, all our social media channels. So just follow us there. The big event that we are having is the Mija recruitment during the summer. Um, then, um, you know, fundraising events like the holiday pop-up shop. But we are planning to do something maybe next year. We haven't uh, come across exactly the details of it, but we are planning to make a big fundraising event maybe in early 2020. So just, you know, stay tuned, follow us, and uh, you'll find out about, we are very good at posting, you know, pictures of the girls and the programs and everything that we do. So if you really want to learn in detail about Circle of Luz, um, uh, Facebook and Instagram will be the way to go. So it's Circle D-E Luz, L-U-Z. Yeah, exactly. For people who can. At Circle de Luz, yeah. Awesome. Audrey, mm -hmm. we're going to end soon, but what would you want to say to anyone who's listening who doesn't know anything about this organization, about how wonderful it's been to you? Um, I think to everybody listening, I would just say, try and take a chance on us because it's pretty worth it. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, it is. I'm going to cry. <laughs> you make me cry. Why? <laughs> because it's really like, Without this organization, I wouldn't be able to do any of this. So I think you could, but they helped you. They absolutely yeah, did. They definitely helped a lot. Like the things that go on in our families with, you know, half of our family are in other countries. We don't get to see everybody. And even at home, sometimes it does get hard for all of the individual girls. And it's just nice to know that there's people supporting us and trying to help. So, yeah. <laughs> You're going to make us all cry. I know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, unconditional love yeah. across exactly. the board. That's yeah. what you I didn't want to cry. I'm sorry. I tried to hold it in this whole time, but it's just talking about this and knowing that I'm about to leave. I'm just looking back like, oh, my gosh. 
these people really helped me so much. <laughs> but you can't, it doesn't sound like you're ever really going to be able to leave. Oh, no, I'm not. Won't let her go. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll be in touch. They'll hold on to you. <laughs> yes. And you'll come back and you'll be a mija, yes. I'm sure. Oh, yes. I know mm-hmm. for a fact I will. <laughs> well, do you know anyone else like Karina or Audrey who's doing good in our community? Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. I'm Pamela Escobar. Thanks for listening to the Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina.